Welcome to Caribbean Millennials. Welcome to episode 121 of the Caribbean Millennials podcast. Um, guys, it's been another week and it really we- has. <laughs> it really has. It really has been another week. I, I don't know. You need to chill. Just just chill out. Like the speed at which things are going right now, it's kind of just, you know. Ugh. Yeah, my um my brother's birthday was on Friday and like I made a mental note and then I saw in my family group chat people saying happy birthday. I was like, what? It's Friday already? That's kind of crazy. That's exactly how I felt because Monday was my brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. I told him happy birthday. I blinked and then they were telling your brother. Happy yeah. Birthday. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what happened to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Like, yeah. Almost felt like we were kind of in a time warp. Um, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, today, we actually have a guest with us. We have Cheyenne Polius, who uh, is a St. Lucian. Yeah, my ba- long lost sister. Sister, okay. <laughs> I, I, I try and mess with the podcast listeners, and they didn't feel like my father had another child, you know. Yeah, uh, he kind of did, but shut up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, but Cheyenne is a St. Lucian based in the UK, and Cheyenne is actually an astrophysicist. What? Like, when I saw her stuff, I was like, a Caribbean astrophysicist. Wow. Okay. You know, um, we in the police family very smart. Yeah, know. yeah. That <laughs> intellect police runs strong. We do big things. Um, but China is actually the president and co-founder of the Saint Lucia National Astronomy Association, Luna, I believe, for short. Yeah. Um, she is the national point of contact for Saint Lucia in the Space Generation Advisory Council which is a global organization partnered with the UN to give students and young professionals a voice in the space sector. So um, I thought with Vernon saying he just really wants to move to Mars, I thought thought this would be the perfect person, his long-lost sister, cousin, whatnot, um, (laughs) to come and give us all she knows about um, space and um, share with you, our listeners, uh, stuff about space. So welcome, Cheyenne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, Cheyenne, we'll start with you. How was your week? <laughs> My week was, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys said, that it went by really quickly, but it also felt very long um, because it was just very busy for me this week. And I had the day of work on Monday and it, those four days still felt very long and very busy. But I agree that the time these days is going by, going by quickly. So it was a busy week, but happy it's the weekend now. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I felt like it was a few days ago that it was like a um, hundred days left in the year, and now it's like fifty like something days, days left. Huh? I feel like a few days ago it was March. <laughs> March twenty twenty, to be specific. <laughs> Definitely that. Yeah. Oh. Um. Adani, how was your week? Oh, my week was heavy, man. Um, had a fellow photographer and friend get shot at his house, shot and killed at his house. Just a lot yeah. of senseless violence. Just a heavy, heavy week. So yeah. to his uh, friends, family, rest, rest in peace. Um, other than that, just work, just trying to get to, trying to make it to Christmas, man. That is the, that is the short term goal. Get to Christmas and then we'll deal with 2022 when we get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Just keep the peanut punch on your mind, man. Oh yes. <laughs> and, and the black kick, the blackest of kick. Um, Adani. And I would just like to let everybody know that if your fruits aren't soaking yet for your black kick, then you're doing something wrong <laughs> for your black kick next year. <laughs> I f- yeah, I was about to say because seeing that we have people that are making their ham already. Ex- exactly. exactly. I want to be my surprise. Eh? Ham making, trees up. Boy. 
eggnog it's like selling. Christmas, it's like Christmas fruit in my house at this moment. Yeah, that's in what November. I was gonna sit to talk about my week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um my week, um I my eyes were on the prize this week. I went and um I had plans to go and pick up my elf. Um my elf, the elf being my little sister. It's <laughs> like Christmas just flows through her veins. All she does is like she waits for November to just watch Christmas movies. She's like Christmas movies, fuzzy socks, like, and I just, I just need someone to share my vibe, right? Like, it was so we had plans to go pick her up um, from her university, which is like thirty minutes from where we live, and then we went over to my university, that my old university where she's going, and then she just so happened to say oh yeah it's homecoming she didn't happen to say we were driving past a parking lot like yo why do they have all these people here they have a football game going on or something she's like oh yeah tomorrow the homecoming football game i'm like are you serious it's homecoming weekend and you didn't tell us and you're just going to like escape Mm -hmm. so i had to i was in short pants because i was (laughs) like oh we're just gonna pick up my sister to go home but it's cold outside now we have to go to a bonfire to have to run to Walmart and buy some long sweatpants to go to the bonfire. In his um with my flip flops. Flip flops. Because your boy wears size fourteen, so there's no way I would find I size mean that's shoes at the that's last the, minute. That's a great thing about America. Like mm-hmm. if you were in St. Lucia and that had happened, you would be just straight out of luck. Like there would be no store <laughs> you could go to yeah, to buy any kind of thing. <laughs> at nine o'clock at night, right? Yeah. Most you could do is go to Massey and buy a bag of rice and try and like <laughs> stitch that together. Like that's the most you could do. <laughs> By the time you do that, the bonfire then. But yeah, so Yeah, so um we we did that with her Friday Friday night. We stopped by the bon- homecoming bonfire and then we um came back home and man the last twenty four hours, as I said, Christmas explosion in our household has begun. Um I'm feeling the spirit, tree is up, garland is up, outdoor outdoor decor is up. We're looking good, feeling good, right, Vernon? I don't know why you're involving me in that. All right? <laughs> Look, I, I like Christmas. You'll know I love Christmas. That's probably my time of the year. I just don't care about the decorations and all that stuff. For me, Christmas is just about chilling with my people, <laughs> talking, laughing, having Black fun, watching a movie. Peanut punch. Some ham. Eggnog. <laughs> Exactly. I really don't care about all these. Uh, the, the, I, the, I'm about the full experience. The, the, the you know, the gluggler according to the. the oh, the love the gluggler. <laughs> you should have yeah. seen me controlling myself, getting ornaments and stuff like ooh shiny. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but shout out to anyone who um Christmas has also exploded in the house, apartment, wherever you are. But um. I guess let's get into it. So, Cheyenne, tell us, how did you even get involved in or develop an interest in space and astronomy? Like, we had the same thought as me. She needs to get the fuck off this planet. She needs to study the other. <laughs> like 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 were your parents into astronomy like were you a stargazer like i will say that there was nobody around me who even knew what astronomy was when i decided that's what i wanted to do um so i think when i think back to what really got me interested i think it had been something that had been brewing for this from the time I was born, and I'll explain that a bit more um, in a little while. But I also remember a very distinct moment when I finally decided, okay, this is what I want my career path to be. So I grew up as an only child. I do have siblings, um, and I did grow up with a, with a younger cousin for a good portion of my life. But for the most part, I grew up as an only child. Um, and I was a good child in the sense that I would be sitting, playing educational games watching educational shows like my mother made sure that I was 
always had educational things around me. So all my games, all my TV shows, everything had that. I mean, all children's TV shows have that aspect of learning, but I wasn't watching like, I don't say senseless because I mean, as a child, you don't have to really be watching anything with, you know, too much substance. But I do remember a lot of the online games and stuff I played were like, word games and math games and count how many cookies the cookie monster needs to get to whatever like it was all just like I feel like my brain was working from from that point and I had I was always interested in learning more like I found that really enjoyable I love puzzles that was one of my favorite things to do as a child just having like my dream my, it's still my dream now to this day imagine I'm in my 20s and I still want to get like a thousand piece puzzle and like completed like I feel like I would be I would it would be so rewarding to do that but um because oh, you should come and spend time with us and do like <laughs> a thousand and two thousand piece puzzles twice a year oh my gosh that 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 sounds like a dream um we but do growing up and one at Christmas oh wow yeah I'll come over I'll let you guys know when I book my flight <laughs> <laughs> but for growing up like that's what I remember my childhood being very much just really loving learning and loving to figure out like why things were the way like the way they were around me and I remember finally getting into school and I was like wow there's a whole place dedicated to learning new things this is the best thing ever like that's why I say I was definitely not a typical child that just like hated homework and hated going to school and like I genuinely enjoyed learning new things Um, when I finally got to form three that's when they kind of split out the sciences so uh, we were doing biology chemistry and physics um, and I remember we used to have to write down, you know, open your, your notebook and write down the the subject for the day. And I remember they made us write down the definition of physics. And it said physics is the study of how the universe works. And I was like, wait, there's a whole subject for how the universe works. Like you're telling me that I can actually learn all there is to know about the universe. And that was so exciting to me. And we did a physics project on the different scientists and I remember Galileo Galilei was one of them and he said he was an astronomer and he was a physicist and somewhere along the way of researching him I found the word astrophysics and I was like hold on what is this word and why why did why did they connect astronomy and physics and I started I went on a rabbit hole of Google trying to figure out what this astrophysics thing was and eventually realized that all of the space documentaries that I loved growing like watching while I was growing up all of them used physics concepts to explain what was going on in space. And that's when I learned that physics was the underlying science that explained how the planets work, how the stars work, how the galaxies look, like all of that was physics. And I already love science and I already love physics. And at that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to study how the universe works. I want to know how all of it works. And that's kind of the, the time. So that form three, I was probably what, 14 or 15 when I made that decision to say, this is what I want my career to be. I want to be an astrophysicist. And nobody knew what that was, but I was like, mm-hmm. this is it for sure. Like, I don't care what you have. To. I didn't I didn't ask anyone. I was like, this is what I yeah. want to do. Like, I just told them that's it. Um, what was, um, I know like a lot of us probably had that experience of saying, I want to do X. So I'm thinking about X and, you know, parents and stuff having opinions and commentary or whatnot how was your parents response to saying you want to be an astrophysicist well the first thing was like what is it what is that um mm-hmm. and I just said oh it's those people who work at NASA like I just found mm-hmm. something they could relate to to kind of put it into perspective for them but honestly I didn't get any resistance from my parents or my friends and I think a big part of that is they are they have been very supportive and I've been very blessed to have parents who are very supportive but also they saw the excitement and the passion I had for science from an early age so they kind of decided they kind of knew and I wasn't like the type of child to change their mind every five minutes I didn't have a new career goal every five minutes that was probably the first time they heard me say this is what I want to do like that's what I want to study at university and they were like okay you made up your mind great like (laughs) Because I, yeah, people want to be, you know, want to be a princess, you want to be an actor, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a singer, like people kind of go through the motions all while they were growing up. And I don't remember having a, this is what I want to be until that point. So I think they probably took me seriously and they were like, okay, 
if you're saying that and you, I can see you're excited about it, like that, I believe that you you do what you have to do to get there. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about Luna, like how you even kind of got that started yeah. and I guess what was your process? What have you guys done? And or I any guess challenges what, you guys yeah. have encountered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Luna actually stemmed from my role as National Points of Contact in the Space Generation Advisory Council. Um, so I started that in 2017 and the, the mission as a National Point of Contact is to raise awareness of the benefits of space technology and space exploration to your country. So it's a global organization. So there are people trying to do that for pretty much all the countries over the world. I think it's like over 110 countries or something like that. Um, so it started out in that rule where I was trying to just spark an interest in space on a national level in St. Lucia. What I mean by that is like there, there was there was nothing happening while I was living in St. Lucia that was even close to like all of the big astronomy clubs and stuff that they have. In, yeah, like, even the just States. to see like a casual uh, amateur stargazing or anything like that. Yeah, like, I don't remember telescopes anywhere that I know of. Exactly. So I didn't remember like anything to the point where I remember asking my physics teacher at secondary school, like telling her that I want, I was interested in astronomy and she was saying, well, yeah, I don't, I don't even know any, anything going on. Like there was nobody to kind of say, oh, well, I know these people are interested in that and they're doing it. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. like that at all. Um, and I wanted to kind of, I knew that we had a long way to go because it just wasn't on anybody's radar as far as I could see, but I wanted to at least spark that interest. I feel like a lot of the bigger countries, there's a general kind of, interest in in space and space exploration you know people walk around with nasa t-shirts and nasa hoodies even if they're not involved in the field per se they just have that thing of like okay i know nasa is pretty cool and they're doing really cool stuff and they have that that little interest in it even if they're not in the science field and i wanted that for saying Lucia. i wanted people to just just know what was going on and just have that kind of curiosity about it so that's why I wanted, I joined the Space Generation Advisory Council and then eventually trying to build a network in St. Lucia, I found a group of young people like myself who also have the interest, uh, not necessarily in astronomy. Some of them do have it, but some of them are, you know, engineers and, you know, computer scientists, like they're different, come from different educational backgrounds, but they yeah. are interested in astronomy just overall. And together they, they said, we were having weekly meetings, just trying to figure out how we could get some initiatives going. And they were like, and I ha- I told them like, oh, I have this really wild idea of having like a national astronomy association. Like we have a, a national youth council and all those kinds of things. Like, why can't we have a national astronomy association? And I thought it was a wild idea. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, that easy? <laughs> yeah. Because I've gotten so many questions and so much resistance in St. Lucia before. It took me it took me almost two years to even get to a point where I could meet those people and network with them. Like I've been trying to get in touch wow. with the Ministry of Education, trying to like, you know, find people to to connect me, try to get in touch with people in the National Youth Council. And it was just either no responses or an initial response and then nothing after that. So even getting to meet a group of people who were so interested and believed in the vision so much that they were just like yeah let's do it like to them it was like oh that yeah we can do that that's fine so that was kind of the birth of Luna just coming from those weekly meetings with that little network that I found and it just kind of grew from there so eventually we got like a logo and we're still working on getting ourselves registered um and being recognized like on a like a, like a government level uh okay. but for the most part sorry no, I said okay, okay. Yeah, so that is still in the works, but for the most part, we've been get building that network of just people who are interested, and I've had so many people reach out to me. I think our membership now is probably it's definitely more than fifty, if not more than sixty people who have like reached wow. out to me and just said, "I'm interested in this. I've always been interested in astronomy, or I've I've been I've like have a telescope. I've been stargazing. I found some." 
um, St. Lucian citizens, so two men who have been, it's been, stargazing has been their hobby for probably over a decade, and they know so much about the night sky, and they they know a lot more than me when it comes to looking through a telescope and what they're looking at, and they just didn't have that national, like, avenue or that place to go to say, where can I meet other people who are interested like mm-hmm. me? And that's why I started Luna. That's what I wanted for Luna. For somebody to say, I'm interested in this and they have a place to go and meet people and just ask questions. I think that's so awesome um, that y- you, you know, kind of got your band together and yeah, it, and it started, really you know, making the change that you wanted to see. I think a major thing that we see in St. Lucia in general with organizations is that we lack so many organizations for so many things, right? So, um, well, uh, and and I think she went through like the major thing that always happens. Mm-hmm. You have people around the island who are probably interested in the same thing, but they scattered and they don't uh-huh. know about each other. Yep. And it just you just need one person to come to like bring them all together Correct. or Correct. let them know like, hey, there's another group of us who are interested in the same thing. Yeah. Like, come meet us. So that was really cool that like you were able to do that. So Yeah. And still like relatively young, right? Because how old were you when you were kind of doing all of this? So that was a few years ago. So I was 22, 21, going on 22. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Adani, you had a question for Cheyenne? Yeah, I was just trying to get her take on the newly formed uh, ALCE, which is basically the Latin American and Caribbean Space Agency. Yes, I am really happy you asked that. I actually had that written down in my in my notes to discuss Um I am very excited about it, but I'm also very cautious to not get my hopes up too high. Um, So I say that because when I saw that this initiative happened, um, and for those listening who just for a bit of background, so Latin America and the Caribbean are in the process of starting a space agency. So six Eastern Caribbean countries have signed to endorse this space agency, which is very exciting, St. Lucia being one of them. Um, so it's like, wow, this is like the government heads coming together and saying we want this to happen. So in that aspect, it's very exciting. But growing up in the Caribbean, um, it's kind of like, I'm just very wary that it's something that, okay, yeah, we want this to happen. And then nothing really happens, you know, after that. Yeah. So that's why I'm just, I'm just a bit cautious. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. But I'm just a bit, I'm just, I'm just very, I'm just kind of keeping my eye on it um, and trying to see where it goes and if it is something that develops. And also the fact that it's with Latin America is that making sure that our countries, uh, like, yeah, it's the representation and also making sure that if it is something that gets off the ground, the Caribbean countries are getting the most that they can out of it. Um especially as smaller Caribbean islands um, in terms of like both physically and economically smaller than some of the Latin American countries. So I'm very excited that it's happening, um, but I, I feel like I want to know more about it. Like I want to kind of, I wish I could be, you know, like at the table when they're like talking about these things just to see yeah, I where. Was about to ask, do you think they would try to like involve Luna in it since like St. Lucia has signed on? I mean, you guys probably know more than the government currently knows <laughs> about this whole space right now. So I would think, you know, y'all being a group, they would... Yeah, it would be a finder subject matter. Expert. Yeah, they would try to, you know, involve you guys. And I'm assuming no one has, you know, reached out to y'all or anything like that. Well, that's the thing. Even that's why I say I'm very wary because even with finding out that this was happening, it was very... I don't think it was publicized very well. I found out from somebody with my immediate network just because we're um, they're all part of Space Generation Advisory Council and we kind of have an initiative going like along those lines. So we had like a webinar series and a video series as well. So we all, we're always having these conversations. So they said, oh, guys, by the way, they're, they start, they're starting a Latin America and Caribbean Space Agency and even finding information on it after the press release and after the, the, the meeting of the endorsement and everything was so hard to get information and like try to find out more. And the fact that, like I said, I'm trying to get Luna registered. So it's something that is 
on record that St. Lucia has a National Astronomy Association, so there might actually be people there who know a little bit of something about astronomy and space. Um, but so far, I haven't, nobody's reached out to us, which I'm not surprised about, because like I said, we don't have that official kind of grounding in St. Lucia yet. But I would be very much interested in, in being part of those conversations. And hopefully, um, when things start um, kicking off a bit more, I can kind of try to see who I can reach out to and hopefully get some connections somewhere. Just just to know, even if I don't, I'm not involved in like, you know, any policies or whatever, just to know what's going on would be yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 for sure. So you mentioned um, that these countries, especially the Caribbean countries, you want them to, you know, reap the benefits of, you know, involvement in space and, and whatnot. But like, I'm, I don't know much, right? So like, what does that actually look like? How do you feel that the Caribbean region can benefit through like more space um, involvement? So when I think about space in the Caribbean now, I don't think about before when you think of space and the space sector, you think of all of the, the SpaceX launches and going to Mars and terraforming Mars and that all the stuff that's exciting stuff that's in the media. But when I think of space in the Caribbean, I'm thinking more satellites. So that's that, yeah, that's the kind of switching perspective I've had with my experience over the years. It's like it's not all of the fancy things you see on the news. It's actually the the like satellites make up the majority of space technology. When you think of the space industry, all of those rockets and those launches and stuff, they're part of it and they're amazing and it's like it's really great initiatives. But when you think of how space technology is helping the world, the majority of that is coming from satellites. So three main types of satellites would be weather satellites. And we know we live in a region that's prone to hurricanes and other natural disasters. So weather satellites, telecommunication satellites, and navigational satellites, these are all satellites that are helping your everyday life right now. The internet you're using right now is because of a satellite. Your phone data is because of a satellite. Like all of that, that's what I see when I think of space helping the Caribbean. And that's the perspective I want everybody to eventually see. So they're not so resistant when they hear about things like the Latin America and Caribbean Space Agency and or they, they find out the Caribbean is trying to get more involved in space. So they see people like me and they're like, okay, cool, you do astrophysics, what does that have to do with anything? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's I the kind of... I totally hear people in my head like, Gasa, we have enough problems on the ground here. You want to Oh my gosh. If you know the number of times I've heard that. Even so they tweeted about the, the formation of the Space Agency and the fact that six Eastern Caribbean countries have endorsed it. And that was exactly their response. We don't even yeah. have good roads and they're thinking about space. We don't even have this I remember and that. Space. <laughs> I, I remember that very well. On Twitter especially, people were like up in arms. Like, just like, oh my God, like, why would we go into space? Like, we can't even protect our waters. We can't even protect our air and we want to go into space. Like, <laughs> it was just like, Okay, but you do know there are other things in space that are not in, in the interstellar movie, right? Like, you know, it's not just <laughs> it's not just Armageddon and, and Interstellar. But you see what happened in there, it's exactly what she trying to like fix Combat, like, yeah. yeah, like you know, the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, That's the thing, is that people don't know and I don't blame yeah. them because when I was going into astrophysics, I didn't know that. I didn't go into astrophysics because of that. I learned that along the way. And that ended up being a bonus for me because I'm like, wow, my field of interest can actually benefit my home country. So yeah. now, like, that's what I want to push and that's where my passion kind of switched to. But when I got into it, I just wanted to learn about stars and galaxies. Like, that, I was just interested. I was just curious. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about it from the perspective of satellites. So now, like you said, that's exactly what I'm trying to do because people don't know and you can't blame them for not knowing because it's yeah, not something cool. that, is, you know, it's not something we really talk about. Um, and I find that in, in, in almost any field, people don't really know the, the kind of smaller details and the intricacies of how things can affect yeah. your life. You see things, the things you, you're kind of exposed to, like, you know, law, so you know if you want to sue somebody and, like, you know, things like that come up in conversations and people will have a good idea. But I'm sure a lot of people still don't know exactly what a lawyer does if they haven't, like, 
mm-hmm. spoken to a lawyer or seen, you know, somebody working in a law firm, seen that in action. So I'm not surprised that people have no idea how space can help the Caribbean. And that's kind of like a big part of my motivation. And that's where, that's so that's what I mentioned about the satellite. So weather navigation, so like Google Maps, TC and Richard Google Maps, the last time I came, I was like, I'd love to see it. <laughs> um, but it's little things like that, those little conveniences in your life, even our data plans and how expensive data is, how bad our Wi-Fi is, like all of those things. Like I think I found out that the internet in the Caribbean, there's one cable coming from like America to like Monstrap or something and then branching out like underwater cables and like branching out to all the rest of the Caribbean islands. Yeah, the transat one transat transatlantic cable. Yeah. That what? Like it's just things like that that could really be improved yeah. and really help artists like improving just everyday life and quality of life in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about when I think about how space can help the Caribbean. It's just that when you say space people's brains don't automatically go to that. Yeah. yeah. And we we have an uh, upcoming, I don't want to say problem, but an interesting scenario that will be upcoming, especially when people like um, Elon Musk mm-hmm. get Starlink to work properly. Like how will local telecommunication companies fare when you can just go to a US-based company, pay for your... 250 or 300 megabits from space and totally cut out like you know local companies on on revenue like you know like well i i think i i thought about that adani but here's the thing i think that the position of those starling satellites will matter greatly mm. if you don't have many like over the Caribbean region in that space, like properly to provide service for us, I can see it not working as well as it would in the US, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, and I guess even to what you were saying, correct me just, if I'm wrong, Cheyenne. Just buy from a US, you're saying, I mean, the question there is affordability, right? Like that's another component. Yeah. And, and reliability. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Because then when we're talking about us in the Caribbean, our bad weather alone can mess that up. When you have a heavy hurricanes, all these kind of things, I'm assuming that can affect that. I mean, I know from me working in telecommunications, I know bad weather can affect cellular traffic, just talking like microwave technology. So I can imagine that affecting satellite stuff. I, or I could be wrong. But... But I guess the question is like, how much worse can it get? Because right now it rained here and flow, Very true. <laughs> flow Very goes offline. So you know, no, it's just a matter of flying. yeah, what what's yeah, the better no, no, devil? But I guess devil? the AL, the ALC would be in charge of negotiating, like you know, our space. It's airspace, but I guess space space would would kind of be redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like you know, like that column above us that goes all the way up into space. Like, if people want to put satellites, because right now a lot of the services that we use are from external companies from Europe, yeah. and anything that we do with GPS and all those things that like have nothing or return very little money to anything in the region. Is we just picking off, piggybacking off other people's satellites, and so I really think that in the future. Hopefully the ALCE will prioritize these things and especially local companies maybe would be so very cool to see a local or at least a regional Caribbean space company that's like pushing stuff into space, putting up a satellite, that kind of well, stuff. Like, here's you know? my question and, and maybe Shai can answer that for us. Um, do you have like an estimate on how much it costs to like launch a yeah. satellite? So I can't give a number off the top of my head, but it's it's gotten significantly cheaper to okay. build satellites over like re, like you know recently. So that's another point of like trying to kind of start these initiatives that I'm involved in now because it's not as difficult and it's not as expensive as it, as it was before to launch a satellite. So there's this smaller satellite called CubeSat, um, and they're relatively cheap to build. Obviously 
was thinking about it from a country scale. You as a person trying to build a satellite might be expensive for like your pocket. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm just trying to give the perspective of when I say cheap before people go and Google it and they're like, that's not cheap. But um, I can't well, tell you at the bank I just build my own satellite. <laughs> I mean, they're not gonna give you a loan at the bank to build a house. That's true. <laughs> 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 but that's it's gotten a lot cheaper. And one thing about the space uh, sector is very collaborative because that those technologies are very expensive, and a lot of the time, it's a lot easier for countries to collaborate to build the technology to send it up into space. And there's a lot of what I found when I what was very surprising to me when I joined the Space Generation Advisory Council. Like people will say, "Oh, what do small what are small islands in the Caribbean going to do there? We don't have money. We don't have this. We don't have that. We have other priorities. What we're going to do in these meetings with these bigger countries that have the money and they have the resources to send those stuff into space." And that's kind of the mindset I had. Um, I thought people would think, like, hey, what you doing there? Like, coming from St. Lucia, like, what? what? You don't have no money to be here. <laughs> but what I found was a complete opposite where people were like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see a Caribbean person here because we want to know. We want your perspective. We want to know what you need from the space sector. Yeah. We want to know, like, how we can partner together and make these things happen. And the, in, in Space Generation Advisory Council, our region is North America, uh, Central America, and the Caribbean. So we're kind of bunched in that whole okay. area of the continent. Like that's kind of our region in SJC. And through that, at first I thought, like, again, what we do in like bunching in these bigger countries, like it's not the same, you know, the same kind of space climate. But Central America, a lot of Central American countries actually have a similar thing to the Caribbean where space isn't at the top of their priority list. And collaborating with them, so that's why Latin America and the Caribbean space agency makes sense because a lot yeah. of those countries are very in a very similar position to the Caribbean, and it's kind of a lot of grassroots movements trying to get those things going. But all I have to say, the space sector is very collaborative, and there is a seat for the Caribbean at, at the table that, for sure. That's good. That's good because then. You were saying about like the bigger countries or like what we do in Lumpton with them, but I was thinking we in the Caribbean, we could just come and operate like one country, you know, if you want one big mm-hmm. country. So we could all um pitch in on a satellite and just share the information from that satellite. Exactly. So St. Lucia and Barbados come together, put half half, you know, launch that satellite and we share the information that come back from it, that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I, that's how I think of it when I hear about, you know, being collaborative and whatnot. And I mean, it could make us, you know, instead of it looking like, you know, one tiny island trying and getting this, a group of islands, they come together and, you know, they try and get in on that. So Definitely, definitely would be, a, definitely have to be a regional contribution. And even thinking that international, there's opportunities for international collaboration too, because I know Japan had an initiative where they were taking on satellites. So like I mentioned, these little cube stats. They were taking on yeah. these CubeSats from developing countries and sending them up on their rockets. So it's like the space sector is like, it's a place where people embrace collaboration because they know what's the point of St. Lucia or the Caribbean going and build a rocket launcher, build a rocket, and then Japan have one. It's like, we have space for your CubeSat, just put out ours and like, we'll send it up. Japan Uber our, our satellite <laughs> up to space for us? Literally, like you could, and they have they already have those initiatives, like the UN and stuff are already starting, like, they have initiatives that are going, that are happening right now as we speak to help our developing countries who want to get more involved in space because the, the space sector acknowledges the fact that, first of all, space belongs to everybody. It doesn't matter how much money your country has. It doesn't matter how big your economy is. Space belongs to everybody, and space helps everybody. So why would we not try to help other people get stuff into space or like benefit from space to in the space sector is very, it's a very different attitude when it comes to that. Like, and a lot of things in the world are very kind of political and, you know, selfish and whatever. And I find space is one of those sectors at least there still is a lot of boundaries when it comes to like politics and stuff, but for the most part, it's a lot easier to collaborate and countries are a lot more willing to put their heads together, put their money together and make things happen. That's um that's cool. We um we drive Japanese cars and now we ride in Japanese rockets. <laughs> Come full circle. But it's a, I, it's ahead, amazing man. to see like 
right? Because I am a history buff and I also really like space stuff, right? And I was like, always like, why is this always regulated to like Russia, China, and America? Yeah. Like, you know, like growing up, it would always be those three countries I'll be talking about the space race and going to the moon and all kinds of things. And then following the Cold War and all these kind of things, like, wow, like we, the rest of the world was really just not in the picture at all. And then, like, even going to school overseas and you see, like, little kids in primary school and high school talking about Rocket Club and going on to, like, rocket field trips where they launch rockets with other schools. Space camp. Yes. It's like, it's like, what? Like, I want to go to space camp. Like, I want these opportunities. So it's just <laughs> like, like, you know, like, a lot of people maybe would have a different trajectory in their life. If there was a more developed like awareness mm-hmm. of like space programs and space opportunities, especially locally, like because a lot of people start off wanting to be a, an astronaut. Okay. I had a Lego set with a spaceship, True. and I was like, you know, there must be a way. But by the time you reach to um, secondary school in in the local island, like, and you don't even have welding and architecture and or any club that isn't the youth club and and whatever it was like there's really not that many options it's true and i think there's so much we can do now that doesn't take much so like i just what i found is like just me existing is a step forward and i'm not saying that in an (laughs) arrogant way at all you open the door yeah you brought a bunch of people together so yeah you're right (laughs) but even even outside of 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 luna just people finding me on social media i've had Mm -hmm. so many secondary school students who said oh my gosh i'm interested in astronomy like what do i do i'm picking my cxc subjects now what do i do and just having that conversation with me, just telling them like, okay, pick science, do this, do that. Like something that probably takes five minutes out of my time, help somebody realize, wow, I could actually do this. And like the more people who, even if you have to go overseas now, the more people who go overseas and do those degrees and come back or want to come back or at least have that St. Lucian connection or Caribbean connection, eventually that also helps when People like me come and say, listen, here's what we have to do. They'll actually have people who have the knowledge to say, yes, I think that's a good idea. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Compared to now, there's not very many people who will like, say what I'm saying and be like, mm. most people would be very hesitant to the idea. And I, I completely understand that. But I think there's so much happening. Like we can, I go, we can do now in terms of just, just educating, like you say, just telling people about the opportunities, that's already a big step because it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's so important, right? Because um, I think where your space agency forwarding is right now is probably where IT was like maybe 10 or 20 years ago. Like people didn't believe they could be in IT. People didn't believe they could work with computers. But slowly but surely, people started to move into the space and now we have many local companies doing stuff with IT and computers. So I think eventually maybe we'll get to that point with space. But um, when I was like teaching, like I would always tell students, like it's it's probably too late for me to become Elon Musk, right? Or anybody <laughs> like you know, large. Like maybe I don't know, maybe maybe not. It's probably too late. But if I can That's inspire true. a generation of people who are in their like teens, like ten to fifteen. And tell them, hey, if you go home and you do this, you play this game, you could be the next big thing that to come out. And you just be, you know, you just be like everybody else who became big. Like you're just doing it slowly but surely. But you start young, have a few resources on your side, then you could be that person in the future. And I think we'll get there eventually. Definitely. Definitely in terms of like mentorship for sure. I think because I got to where I am now just from Google. Like from the day I started Googling and what is astrophysics to how to apply for university in the UK to how to apply for a visa. And I just went step by step by step. And me having all the knowledge I have now to just tell somebody who's in secondary school, like, here's exactly what you need to do. Like that makes the world of a difference. And they start on that path a lot earlier and they know what they're working towards a lot earlier. So like you say, just being able to help out the younger generation and say, here's what you need to do. They start off probably years before you you even you know got that knowledge and they can then 
use that and then yeah become the next big thing anything uh, by the way i don't think it's too late for you to become the next either but anything is but that's what i was about to say (laughs) well it's not that i mean look at someone like jeff bezos jeff bezos started amazon when he was like 30 Mm -hmm. it's too late for you to become the next elon musk so you know just have to it's never too late (laughs) yeah um I I guess one of the things I wanted to touch on, and I like that we spoke about it here, because we this is a big theme on our podcast over and over, is just um, how much representation matters, right? And how much just, as you said, right, like your presence um, makes a huge difference, right? So even just kind of highlighting that, not only for inspiration for people listening to the podcast, um, but just even kind of as we like go out into the world and want to explore new things that um, it makes such a difference just even having someone that you can see, you know, like you kind of in that space to be like, yes, you know, I can do that. Or yes, this is a path and an option um, for me. Just it, it, it opens so much in like perspective and imagination and opportunities even just in the mind right to be able to see see something you know it's kind of possible um i guess to kind of go back to space (laughs) um we we spoke about initiatives in how you got involved initiatives um in the Caribbean, and you spoke about um, the not super sexy, you know, <laughs> stuff of like um, launching satellites and stuff like that, which is still pretty sexy, right? Um, but then there's the super sexy thing right now, which is people going to space, right? And mm-hmm. um, the average person going to space and, you know, that kind of whole rhetoric and people even wondering will we move to mars and all of that like i guess what is your perspective on um where that that whole kind of thing is going because even um you know wasn't there one of them that um launched without any astronauts on board and you know like these kinds of things um so I guess, what do you think this all means, especially like with the celebrity attachment to it as well? Yeah, I think when it comes to those kind of, like I said, the things you see in the news, all of these like mm-hmm. amazing things happening, uh, it's very, I think as like human nature is always to kind of push the boundaries. Like we always want to know more. We always want to do more. We want to kind of see how far we can go with what we have. And I think, there'll always be a set of people like Elon Musk and all those kind of people who, um, and Richard Branson who want to kind of push those boundaries. And I think there's space for that. I think that should definitely be the case because those same kind of mindsets are how we got the technology we have today. If somebody didn't say, I want to improve this process, I want to make this better, I want to think, I think this is possible. Even the people who invent, the guys who invented the airplane, like, if they didn't say, I want to have a machine that flies up in the air, you know, like I think just being like just human nature will always lead to people trying to do more. And it was very exciting if the the all civilian space launched because a black woman piloted that flight. So I was like, okay, like we're getting somewhere uh, when it comes to exactly diversity and all of that. So that, that honestly, when you say representation matters, I like that it ties into this question because I will confess I've never been someone who's always been excited about the moon missions and the Mars missions. Like, that was never my interest when it came to space. That was on the news, but I wanted to know how the universe works. That was my thing. I want to know how the stars work, even how the rockets work. But even in that sense, I wasn't really too interested. And over the last few years, I've kind of had to be interested because when people, like now that I've branded myself as an astrophysicist that's kind of almost always the first question that people ask like what do you think about us moving to mars i'm like okay i need to actually care about this a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um but i've i've enjoyed learning more it has been more interesting but um dr sian proctor being the one to be the first black woman to pilot uh like an all civilian to pilot a space flight like in general but like also all civilian space flight it was a big moment 
in history for the space sector, but also for Black people. And that's what got me like really interested in that launch. And I actually stayed up until like one o'clock in the morning to watch the rocket go off because I was like, I want to, I want to witness this historical moment. And that made me feel so much more connected to the mission compared to the ones in the past. Um, but I think it's exciting. It's necessary. In terms of moving to Mars, uh, my, like, I'm, I'm excited about the commercial space flights. I hope I get to a point in my life where I can afford one or somebody sends me one for free <laughs> um, <laughs> at some point. So I think that's really exciting. But when it comes to actually moving to Mars, how can I, so personally, I think, and personally, and also what I've learned about what it took in terms of the billions of years of evolution to get to the point that we are now, in terms of like the solar system being formed and the earth being formed and life being formed, like that's been in the works for billions of years. So to me, what we have here on earth is so beautiful and so special. And the fact that we have the power to change what's around us. Like, to me, that that's amazing. Like, we got to a point, like they say that humans are the only life that can, like, we, we're witnessing the universe that we live in. Like, when you think about other living things, they kind of, they're going on instinct. They kind of, they don't, they're not really, they don't have that awareness. They don't have that consciousness of, like, I'm here. In, on this planet like they don't have that they're just kind of going to survive but as human beings we can look and we can say this is the universe i live in i want to learn more about it i want to change change it you know even as simple as things like um constructing a building like that in itself is amazing to the point where you understand your environment so much that you can change something in it you can put up a structure and like yeah. it's a stable structure it works like so my when i think about that from that perspective it's like we have something so amazing hair and again it still came from that need to advance and that need to know more but i wish it wasn't something of like oh the earth is being destroyed we're gonna need to move to mars like i wish that wasn't kind of the narrative that was attached to it i wish it was something of like okay we're doing all these amazing stuff on this planet how can we expand further how can we go further and i think that's probably what's driving it now but what i see from like social media and people is kind of like oh we don't even care about earth and like we're going mm -hmm. to, to mars and stuff like that and i don't think it's that i think there's space for both and i think there's initiatives happening on both ends when it comes to like climate change and all those things so i think it's exciting but from a i don't know if this is probably like a slightly spiritual perspective but i do think what we have here is like extremely amazing and i'm not in that sense i'm not particularly excited about moving to Mars in the sense of like, okay, that would be cool if we get to that point from a science perspective. But it's like kind of creating, like artificially creating a world that we the universe has created for us already. Like we have it it here on the planet that we were made for. So I don't know. The the phrase that um uh popped in my head was home have <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> you you can imagine going on Mars and like trying to get a mango. Like, you know? What mango? Uh, mango Paul, mango Julie. I'm at the point where I don't want to go to Mars anymore. I want everyone else to go. So we can be, so you can be by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> every every day I wake up and someone says something dumb. I'm like, I can't wait for you to go to Mars. I can't wait for you to be born. <laughs> And school. You know, it's, it's a very sorry. I'll just I'll just figure up all the space movies I've seen. And uh, the, the one that came to mind when Vernon said all of them go to Mars was um, Total Recall. Just be God, yeah. Oh, oh my God, sleep. that's great. <laughs> um, so Cheyenne, I guess um, a couple more questions. Um, this one is for. People who are interested um, in space like you or maybe people who are listening who have kids that they want to expose to more space things but they don't you know, necessarily know, what are maybe some resources or things that um, you know of to kind of guide people or that are your go-to? 
Yeah, for sure. I start off with the, uh, you know, shameless plug uh, for the International Astronomy Association. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So Twitter and Instagram is at Luna758. So that's L-U-N-A-A-758. Um, and on Instagram, if you search it, not on Instagram, on Facebook, if you search the International Astronomy Association, like, there's only one, you'll find this. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, definitely there's not like, yeah social media we're trying to make it more interesting in the sense of like you don't know what you don't know so random space facts but if we are having any events they will be posted on there as well uh, when it comes to space generation advisory council so you can search for them on youtube um, but if you can't find the exact video so we have a, a video series we launched for how space technology can benefit the caribbean and we have two episodes launched now. So it's how space technology can help the Caribbean when it comes to climate change um, and also decent work and economic growth. So two things that are definitely of interest to like just countries in general, money and climate change. Um, so we have those up on YouTube, but if you can't find them, you can find them through my social media platforms. So just searching Shan use again, I'm pretty sure there's only one. I actually had this this realization a few months ago. Like, am I the only Shan use in the world? Like, there's, there's yeah. I don't know. There's, there's, it's, I don't know. Because even Polis is not a very common last name. Well, Welcome to my world. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Vernon, here's a funny thing. Oh, oh no, Vernon yeah. was, um, he listens to like Litla or, you know, what I, or, it was one of it your was friends. Was he was friend. listening to something, we some Lucian Re- radio, they and they said, um, "Happy birthday, Vernon Polius, no, from your happy daughter." To somebody else, from your uncle Vernon. From your uncle Vernon Polius. <laughs> so I immediately called my mother. I was like, "Which nephew of mine? I wish him happy birthday." Right, because he only has one nephew, right? <laughs> And it wasn't his birthday. So it's through the radio he finds out there's another Vernon police. Yeah, and then my mother's like, oh, yeah, you have a, it's actually like a cousin of mine. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not the only one. I, I was, he was, I was wow. He was pissed. I was because the person wow. is older than him. So he's like, oh, no. Oh, so you took their name. You're the second? You're the second Vernon? Can, can we not talk about it? You Vernon the second? <laughs> Subject, guys. Like, <laughs> so you changing your name or do we have to put yourself no, he changed his mind he changed his name we have to meet in a field and fight for it <laughs> oh my I'm god to win. I, I have to uh but yes cheyenne polius hopefully is the only cheyenne polius <laughs> i i have a pretty strong feeling because when there is someone will pop out of the woodwork i can feel it so i found um there was a, a website going around recently that was like you can trace like the origins of your surname or something. So mm-hmm. when I put in police, you were saying there's only 300 and they're all in St. Lucia. Lucia. There's no like connection. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure somewhere along the way, somebody spelled something on a book certificate wrong and then police wrong. was invented. <laughs> That's exactly what I think. Wow. <laughs> because it's, I would have thought, okay, we probably come from France because, you know, we have a lot of French yeah. influence. Like I expected it to be at least connected to one of the European countries and nothing. They were like, it's only in St. Lucia that they have people named Paul you. So there must have been some I did Paul. The, I did the or... same thing. And I found the same thing. Yeah, yeah, she did the same thing. She went down the rabbit hole. She needed to know. <laughs> yeah, if, if this was going to be my name now, I needed to know what the deal was. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess um, my last question is, what's next for you and and what do you want for yourself right because i know you're astrophysicist you got your degree but you're currently working in fintech but like Mm -hmm. what do you like want your career trajectory or space trajectory like to be are you still kind of figuring it out or you know or like what's the big dream the big dream if some, is... If someone's <laughs> looking back at this in 10 years, you know, to just <laughs> in a time capsule, 10 years from you know. Um, yeah, let us know. My dream is that 10 years from now, you guys can say, oh my gosh, I actually interviewed her on my podcast 10 years ago. I'm so happy to see, like, she's now, like, a global speaker. Like, the dream is definitely to be a science communicator. 
I'll be like, so... oh, Sanchez, that's my cousin, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be one of those people under my Facebook post, like, hey, cousins, like, what's you going know? on? <laughs> Definitely the big courage you need to be a science communicator to be that person who's like a going around the world giving talks, probably having hopefully my own podcast, YouTube channel, those kind of things, just to keep spreading that awareness, both for like advocating for space in the Caribbean, but also just even my passion for science communication and speaking is just generally astrophysics. Like I love talking to people about space. I love explaining everything I know. If you ask me like how a star works, like how a star is born, how does a star die? Like all of those kinds of like the theory behind how the universe works. I'm so happy that I got to learn it and I'm always happy to like just share that and break it down to it at a place where people can actually understand not just like tell you and you're looking at me like I have three heads like what did you just say I don't understand any of this but actually breaking it down and I've actually already started that like on my Twitter so I've had like Twitter threads breaking down different astrophysics concepts breaking down my master's research um you don't have to take my word for it. People have said, like, wow, I didn't expect to understand this when I started reading, but I actually did. Um, so that's a dream, uh, definitely, to be to be a science communicator and just kind of have as much reach as possible. So not just, of course, the Caribbean thing shall always be close to my heart. So, of course, I'll be wanting to push mm-hmm. for that. But just generally getting people excited about space is, is, is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right, so on this day, November 2021, I think that is more than possible for you. So, um, you know, I'll be waiting for you to, like, think of the bigger dream (laughs) because... Wow, okay, that's... (laughs) What is it? The universe is your limit? What is the sky, right? Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Um, okay. I have one question before we end. Mm-hmm. Who should I befriend, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Like, <laughs> who, you, who you have like winning this? Like, because I feel like there's something going on there, a secret side bet the two of them have. So, honestly, honestly, I don't know. I haven't been following it closely enough. I just see them as guys who they want to like push the boundaries and they have the money to do that yeah, yeah, um, sure. I think whichever one gets there first is gonna is gonna be the same thing in terms of like how it affects us because somebody will figure it out and say okay now we know this thing now it's okay um, yeah. just based on what I've seen when it comes to just interviews and stuff I feel like honestly I feel like Elon Musk is definitely at, like that 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 nerdy guy from school that just took it up a notch. Like he's <laughs> just from just from listening to him speak, like he I can tell he has like all these like ideas and stuff and he wants to put it like he wants to see it happen and he's very passionate about it. Jeff Bezos, I don't know if maybe he's just a bit more quiet, but he doesn't he seems like he just has the resources and he's like, Okay, I have the money. Like how can this happen? Like I don't I don't feel like he has that connection to it like Elon Musk I feel like Elon Musk is like yeah. in, in the meeting like working on the equations like you know like he, he gives me that vibe he really gives me that vibe or at least like even if he's not in doing it now at least he know, he's he been doing it in the in the beginning stages of his career so he knows what's happening behind the scenes that's just a vibe I get I don't know this for sure but that's just the vibe I get of just the different interviews and stuff. But I haven't been following them closely. Whenever something happens, I'm like, I just go and I Google it. I'm like, okay, that's what's going on now. And I kind of go about my day. So I wouldn't be the best person to give advice on this. But that is the vibe I've gotten. That's the most I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Cheyenne, it was so great it having was. you um, on the podcast today. Um we definitely look forward to all the amazing things you are going to do. Yeah. Um, guys, Woo-hoo. please tweet at us. We'll put Chad's social media yeah. in the description. You could tweet your questions to her. If you know you, you avid space lover, you know, you could hit <laughs> up. I assume to have a conversation, you know? So, yep. um, 
It's been another episode of the Caribbean Millennials Podcast. We're out. Yeah.